and Ziploc that Right on my waistline is why I kept that strap I remember nights, I didn't remember nights I damn near went crazy, I had to get it right Now I'm your favorite rapper's favorite rapper Hey, now I'm your favorite trapper's favorite trapper The absolute truth, yeah, no joke Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Trap Draw podcast. Of course, this is actually part two. We part just two. Me- we just messed up the original recording, but that's okay. We're back at it. I'm here. It's Cody with my co-host, Neil. What's up, brother? We're, we're in the booth, literal booth. We're here in, in Austin, Texas. I walked into Cody's hotel room this morning, uh, week of the Dell match play, and he's got a literal literal interrogation booth set up, cameras, the whole the whole thing. We're going to grill you. We're going to get there later. First of all, I forgot the first time ready, so people stay off our back on this. Of course, shout out to Mr. Jeezy. Uh, of course. I, I, I think we forget it. Mr. Big, TC, I believe, have also been forgetting it the last couple episodes, uh, but of course, we appreciate everything that he does. Neil, I'm happy to be in Austin with you. What, what do we got going on, man? So we're kind of back of the house a little bit, but we, we had some meetings down here last year, the Dell match play, wanted to go see it. So we, we had a nice day out there yesterday meeting with some partners, Yeti and Omni. And actually Omni is, is a presenting sponsor here of this Ooh, podcast. We like that. Uh, so we've been talking a lot about Omni hotels and resorts that kind of have it all. Great golf, sophisticated resorts, spa, food, pools, etc. But they really do take their golf seriously. Uh, Omni's golf courses are more than just a resort amenity. The courses are built by some of the most renowned golf course architects, including Donald Ross, Corin Crenshaw, Tom Fazio, William Flynn. Cody, you ever heard of those guys? A little bit. Yeah. Some big names there. And Omni has several exciting modern golf projects happening right now. The new Omni PGA Frisco and Fields Ranch opening in early May. This is an exciting modern golf project. It's been designed by Gil Hans and Bo Welling. Cody, you've been out to Fields Ranch. I have. We got a film room on it, actually. You want to go see me shoot a million? I think my goal is to keep it in the 70s. Came in with like an 83. Not my best work, but I love everything they have going on in Frisco. The West Course, the East Course, the putting course, the short, you know, par three course that they have out there. It's going to be awesome when it opens. Yeah, and monitor this space. Uh, Could be an NLU event out there later this year. Um, Working towards that. Um, we'll keep you posted. Yeah. We will keep you posted. Um, Omni also has uh, the Omni Barton Creek Resort and Spa, where Fazio just completed a full renovation of the Canyons course here in Austin, Texas. We're like 20 minutes away from it. Love that. And then the Little Sandy, a 12-hole par 3 course designed by Bo Welling, opened at Omni Amelia Island Resort in April 2022. I believe you've seen that place as well. I have. Checked it out last year after the NIT. It was very nice. Was out there running around. Got Yari involved with a little bit of golf. And it's just a great resort. And last but certainly not least, La Costa Champions Course at Omni La Costa Resort and Spa will receive a full renovation by Gil Hance. Once complete, it will host the 2024, 2025, and 2026 NCAA National Championship. So a lot of good stuff going on. Uh, with golf at Omni. Check out all the amazing golf properties and find great golf offers at omnihotels.com forward slash NLU. Thank you to Omni. Cody, what are we talking about today? Well, I appreciate Omni, everything they do. Also, I want to say quick congratulations. I'm pretty sure that they just named Cam Young. They did. 
as an ambassador last week when you guys are listening to this. It's actually this week for us, but congratulations to Omni. Happy to have them on board. Check out some of their properties. And, uh, you know, I think we got some more video projects in the hopper with them maybe later in the year. Yes. Look out for those. You're, you're pretty bullish on Cam Young right now. For sure. With new caddy. You feel like he's going to be a breakout. You're rookie of the year last year. Kind of a slow start to the year, but you're excited about it. I know this isn't a golf podcast. It's not a golf podcast, but I will say he's got a new caddy on the bag. I think he's freed up. We we did not watch a lot of him yesterday when we are out this. I understand you guys are listening to this a week past, but he did not have a four on his scorecard until the 10th hole. That is a, a pretty sure if I, if I count right. My math is right. I, I went to a state school. I didn't go to Columbia or you. But uh, I'm pretty sure that's a 27. If we're, we're counting them up, stroke play on the front nine, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he's a bomb threat. Yesterday, we're out at the tournament, saw Dell match play. You, you were up close and personal with, I guess, your new best friend, co-host of podcast, Rory McIlroy. What the hell's going on there? Yeah, Trap Draw guest Rory McIlroy came on to discuss succession with us. Uh, I don't think that he knew I was in town. Uh, Rory had an issue with time zones, yeah. so he, we were supposed to fire up that pot at 5 p.m., had the schedule all laid out. We had a, a dinner that's been on the calendar for two months. We're doing business out here, okay? Yeah. And, you know, what happens? Rory thinks it's going to be, you know, 6 p.m. It was supposed to be 6 p.m. Eastern. He thought it was 6 p.m. Central, so he's late. And then Austin traffic, of course, he can't get back to his hotel. So we fired it up at like 6.20, and, you know, I kind of had to flex on him. I had to leave early. You know, I had a I had an engagement. I'm sorry, I had I got I got things to do. You know, <laughs> it was a ton of fun though, Rory. It was it's really I think we might be onto something getting guys to talk about stuff other than golf. Yeah, bring him sure. on the trap draw. So I'm I'm enjoying the perfect clubs. We got a few few more ideas in the hopper there. So the trap draw continues to buck its head. Yeah, growing. I would say uh, unlike a lot of stocks, some would say uh, other things that are happening in this world. The trap draw is rising. I can't believe that we're following up a podcast about succession with Rory McIlroy, co-hosted by Rory. Um, but you you ran into him out at the course. He he gave you some good words. I think he was shocked to actually see you in person. But he, he did. He seemed like he enjoyed it. Uh, and I you know I think he played great. He was never never down against Scott Stallings uh, in his Wednesday match. And uh, he's not hitting the driver great. To be honest, he had the lefts in play. Uh, he did hit a great drive on thirteen though. Drove the green. But he closed them out on, I think, 16 or 17. So we'll see. We're, we're recording this on Thursday, so we don't know if Rory won or not or, or where we're at. Again, not a golf podcast, but the new putter it seems to be working. We like that. Cody, what are your thoughts on Austin, Texas? Austin is weird. I'll say that first and foremost. I appreciate Austin for kind of what it is. It, it's got a robust music, cultural, food scene, all things that I thoroughly enjoy. But there are a lot of flaws that I think that they, they admit to around here. First and foremost, what punches you in the face as soon as you try to get around here anywhere, it's the traffic. It's yes. a fucking issue, man. Well, it reminds me a little bit of Charleston in a, a city that kind of, it's it's blown up, but the infrastructure is still like a uh, quaint, small town vibe. I also think the topography probably has an impact on that, just the hills. And, you know, you got a lot of, you look, you get on some of these two-lane roads, and you're like, ah, oh, well, there's nowhere to expand this, right? And everyone's running into this, like, stop sign, but there's no other route that you could, you know, it's just it's just a problem. But one thing I do love about it, I love a, a big river, you know, flowing right through town. Thank, thank you for calling it a river. 
It is a river. It's not a. I, they call it a lake around here, but it's it's just certainly you put a, a dam up on on two parts or or whatever. Like it, that doesn't make it just a lake. But it's nice. It's nice. Uh, you know, kind of meandering through the hills. Um, it is a place when you get there, you're like, oh, this is pretty cool. Now, I guess the problem is everybody thinks it's really cool. Yeah. So that's why everybody's come here. Well, that's so, what all the locals told me. I was complaining about the traffic, and they're like, well, of course, you know, you realize that. I guess when they first started seeing Austin kind of kind of start growing and a lot of people moving in from out of state, whatnot, they're like, well, if we don't improve like the overall like road infrastructure, how the city's laid out, then like people just won't come because they'll be fed up with it. And we can kind of contain it there, but uh, uh, like millions more people have moved here. The roads seem to be uh, worse. I don't know about their public transport scene, uh, but I do know these scooters. We actually saw a poor. Yeah. Poor elderly guy get completely. Uh, I mean, he like got t-boned by a car. Yeah, it was tough. I mean, it's, you see all the scooters just like abandoned all over the sidewalks. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's always a, a bit of a bleak scene. It reminds you of, you, of your hometown. Yeah, no, they don't let you have the scooters up there. Only the so what, only bikes. Well, they have the city bikes, but yeah, you know, they're all docked. You don't just leave them. Why don't they have? Why don't they have the scooters? Because like they don't want people to get duffed. I think. <laughs> Like they had the electric city bikes, and I think they scaled those back because you start start cranking on those things. Yeah, I mean, you got to have your head on a swivel. You were telling me about what is it the the DoorDashers or Uber Eats oh, guys God. that just rip around the city in their That's electric. Kind of one of my now. favorite things. Like especially in the winter, these guys have all their mittens like taped to their handlebars so they can slide their hands in and out and like access the phone that's mounted on the the uh, the bike. They got these like high powered e bikes and you definitely have to have your head on a swivel because they are they're not you know they're not really stopping at the stop sign yeah, they don't have to they're scooting around it kind of reminds me uh you i understand that that brings you joy it also brings back a, li- a little bit of tremors for me uh when we talk about motorcycle mittens and everything else like that uh number one sign of a taliban guy ripping around southern afghanistan on his uh his little motorcycle with those those handlebar mittens really tough tough scene why? Why was it just? Is it the mittens or is it the motorcycle? Well, the, the motorcycles are fine. Number one uh, mode of transportation, I think, for any war that I've ever been a part of. But uh, the mittens usually means number one, they got a little bit of money, so okay. and they're they're protecting themselves out there. It's it's cold as hell, so yeah, they're they're looking out for themselves. But number two. Uh, you got to protect your hands, keep them warm. Uh, you got to keep that trigger finger ready because you never know when you're you're gonna get into it. So. Interesting. Pull that sling around on that AK that he has on his back, and he's he's ready to go. But a lot of Taliban out there with the old motorcycle mittens. Well, in New York, I appreciate the ingenuity. Some of these guys have the yep. windscreens. Uh, it's good stuff. You know what else we saw yesterday? Uh, we saw like a robot Chick-fil-A delivery thing. That was wild. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, with some lady on like a scooter like making sure it was going the right direction. But it was, was just, just like the autonomous handler. food delivery, which we were kind of saying, I, I think it would just be faster to send a person. For sure. But listen, Chick-fil-A innovating. In, so what in happened? Austin, Originally, uh, you know, Amazon made the big thing about like the drone delivery. I think they, they realized like the FAA and everybody wasn't going to go for that. Now we got Chick-fil-A out there with these uh, self-moving, warming carts that just are creeping up and down. Who knows what's going to happen there? I was happy to see the handler there, but I guess they're pretty close to getting out of that like R&D testing phase to let them go off on their own. It, it seems like everybody's chasing a use case for the autonomous. Like, where can yeah. you start with it, right? Long-haul trucking's always been like, oh, well, you open road. But Everybody's trying to cut their labor down, man. Yeah, I know. 
but interesting to see in person. And good for Chick-fil-A. I would say if you look at uh, fast food or, or restaurant options, they're always the first to kind of innovate on things. God, I used to say wild. back during COVID, if Chick-fil-A had run like the COVID testing. Oh, it would have been. I mean. In and out. In an I, instant. I'm always amazed by the efficiency of their drive through operation. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a joy to watch them work. It's my pleasure to watch them work. Let me say that. I will say, too, they got, like, the best milkshakes in the business. So For as, sure. As a, from a guy like me, I'm a big fan of the seasonal op- offerings, but chocolate shake, Chick-fil-A, all day long. What would you say are your three fast food, not quick service options that you ride for? Like actual restaurants or, like, what food am I, like, my order? No, like actual my restaurants, like, like brands. Oh, Chick-fil-A. Yeah. They, they run, uh, I think, above and beyond, they run the best operation from cleanliness to quality of food to to speed everything else like that uh i would put in and out probably number maybe number two tied number two actually but i'm a big fan of chipotle i think they run a very tight aisle you you wait in line a little bit but once you're up there it's going quick you get your options it's clearly laid out in front of you uh, they kind of beat you up at the end with with the additions that you want to add on there, but it's a pretty pretty smooth process. Big fan of Chick-fil-A, obviously. Massive Jersey Mike's guy, as I believe I've stated here before. Chipotle, also a massive Chipotle guy. Problem is, I can't get, not one in my neighborhood. Need to get one down in Carroll Gardens. They're, need, need, need them to come into South Brooklyn a little, a little deeper because it's not... It, not great access for me right now. I'll tell you a little secret about the work from home life when Yari's out of town and I'm starting to get, uh, I, I, I'm, I fast. So I only really one meal a day when Yari's out of town. That usually means that I'm not going to cook a dinner. Like I have to cook for the kids as it is. So we're going to eat like Mac and cheese or chicken nuggets or, or spaghetti and meatballs or something like that. But most of the time I'm just going to cook for them, get them fed, do some homework, uh, you know, clean them up and get them to bed. I'm not worried about me. So when she's out of town, I kill the lunch scene. And you're right. We're both big Jersey Mike's guys. But I will say, I have noticed myself getting on a little, people are going to hate this, uh, Jimmy John's. Okay. I will say this because, number one, they're fast. Like, very, very fast. They are fast. They're efficient in there. Yes. They're Italian. I think it's called the Italian Night Out. Fucking slams, man. I don't know what it is. (laughs) I don't think the bread's actually real bread. It's not, like, quite as bad as Subway bread. But that sandwich with the oil and vinegar and everything they got going on. It works. I mean, my mouth is watered right now just thinking about it. Well, you know the hack with Jersey Mike's is you got to get the app. And I'm not a big food like restaurant app guy. They are great with the mobile orders. So you place it. They'll give you a time estimate. And then you come in and just it's already paid for. They got it waiting for you. Because Jersey Mike's, you get in that long line. And, you know, because they do good work, it takes a while. But if you, you can just map it out and order it. Go pick it up. Come back. It's good stuff. Yeah, oh, that's good. I got a little cheat code. And then you got the short points. You know, you start yeah. getting the you get gamify you. So. Have, have you paid attention at all to some of these, like, rewards points? Um, like, what they're valued. They're constantly changing the values of what points actually mean compared to the dollar and everything else like this. And I say this because I've been monitoring Starbucks. I'm a big Starbucks guy. I like Starbucks. Of course, I like local roasts. And I... I, I could not forget about my guys at Good Walk, my coffee bros. But, sure. um, you know, Starbucks, I signed up for the Royal or the, the rewards points because of their partnership with Delta Airlines. I got a ride for my guys here, right? Me and Pete, by the way. Sure. And not Pete Reed, Pete Cantley, proud member of, yeah, of Team Delta, Delta guy. Now. Didn't see that coming. You know, Delta and DeWall were just killing it. But 
you know, they got this partnership and then they changed the value of the Starbucks stars. Already? Yes. Like it's, it, it's, everything's completely out of whack now. I'm like, what the hell does this even mean, man? They're jerking everybody around. I know. The air, this is TC's block. We should leave, probably leave it to him. But the airline miles, like, I've, I've you know, I'm kind of like up to my thighs in, in the miles. But, like, I haven't fully submerged myself in, like, it's selling safe, out. That's a safe space to be. But it can be, it, it could just be exhausting to, you're, you're right, to keep track of, to, you know, like, when should I use them? Yeah. Like, so, I well, I, got, not, I, got I wouldn't you. say I'm good at it. We're going to put a note into TC about this. Hopefully, he can run it down and, and figure it out. The, the next thing, it's a very good segue for us. You want to talk about your flight down here? Yes, I will. Um, so, flew United. Great experience out of Newark. Direct flight. So, it's early morning flight. I, I get on, and I, I you know you when you look at your ticket for like 15 times, and you just never remember the number. So, I keep looking at my ticket. I'm 23C. I'm like, all right, 23C, 23C. So I'm like, I know I'm 23C. And I get on the plane, I put my bag up, and I don't know if I've been sitting on the left side of the plane, or the, I guess the right side, if you're looking at the cockpit, a lot lately. But I ended up sitting down in 23D. Simple and mistake. Simple just mistake, the other just side the other of the side aisle. aisle. And so I'm sitting down, I'm getting situated. About five minutes later, another guy gets on. He's like, hey, man, I'm in 23D. And right when he said it, it wasn't even like I got my ticket out and, oh, no, you're not, I am. I was like, oh, God, I'm 23C, dude, I'm sorry. And he's like, no, don't worry about it. I'll just sit and see. I'm like, are you sure? You're like, I was like, I'm sorry, man. I'm early morning. So we kind of had a laugh about it. He's like, no, it's all good. So plane starts filling up. Not quite a full flight. Um, the aisle clears out. They're about to close the boarding door. And I'm like, oh, we both have open middle seats, right? Sure enough. And I almost thought about it. I was like, I thought about it like, oh, that was nice of him. And I guess it doesn't really matter. But yeah, it worked out for both. Yeah. we. But, you know, what if this is one of those times, you know, someone last person on the plane. (laughs) So sure enough, uh, gate agent comes on with a with a a blind woman and, you know, probably I would say 30s, 40s, but like very much not self-sufficient blind. And you know that she's blind because the, the flight attendant announces and, and is going over things, right? Oh, well, so no, they come back to our, like, walk back to our aisle, and I'm like, oh, no. And he's like, uh, he says to this nice gentleman in now sitting in 23C, he's like, hey, she's 23B. I'm going to ask you to move into B so she can sit in the aisle. And I and before, I was like, you know, oh, he's already moving over because I was like, oh, no, that's my seat, right. but – you know, he, everybody's kind of hands are full. And I was just like, oh, God, like tough, like no good deed goes unpunished. And, and not to say like it, it was just very and he couldn't have been nicer because what happened, the flight attendant came over and it was actually interesting to watch. Like she started to outline there are 20 rows to the front of the plane or you know, 21. And then, you know, you have three rows to the exit, uh, the emergency exit. And if, you know, kind of placed her hand up to show her the call button. I'll help you go to the bathroom. They, you know, they kind of have a whole process for this, which was impressive. So then she turns to the gentleman that's now sitting in the middle seat, you know, Hey, I'm going to need you to help her. Like, and so he's basically like, he had, he's holding her water. The lot of, you know, she spills water on him. And it was like very, he was extremely helpful, but I just felt like, God, man, I, all because I sat in D by accident, like I kind of wrecked this guy's flight. And then, you know, getting off the plane, he has to wait for everybody to get off because she's going to wait for the flight attendant. So gentleman in the middle and in the window, which is a small inconvenience. And I'm like, but I just felt like, dang, 
I felt bad because I, I was like, man, I should have should have been me move over, over and yeah. I just didn't, I, you know, by the time she sat down, like, okay, no, this is going to be inconvenient for everybody explaining this. And, you know, so listen, I got, I hope that guy's got some good karma coming his way. And I, I owe, I owe one. You got to pay it forward. I got to pay it forward somewhere. So I was telling you that on the ride when you picked me up at the airport, which is, uh, which is interesting. So that has, that, that, that hadn't happened to me. It has happened to me where I've been on the plane and like the last person on, you know, is is a guardy guardy boy and has the middle seat, and you're like, oh, dude, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, I thought I was gonna, you know, I thought I was gonna win here. So I got, you know, it, it just interesting situation. But, but I think you learned a ton from it. I did not realize that's kind of how the flight attendants not only are like obviously trained to handle a, a like wide range of disabilities of passengers that are getting on, but pretty cool to see like the operation of like explaining hey this is what's going on this is the exact layout this is where your things are if you need me in case of emergency there's still you know procedures to go through and it was awesome that you got the opportunity to kind of see that brief and i you know the airlines get a tough deal i think it's such a complex business and they have like contingencies for so many things and people just flame them when like all oh, your flights delayed or they miss lose your bags but it's like i'm i'm constantly impressed by mainly United and Delta on how they're able to like operate pretty efficiently with a bunch of like unique cases like this. Like I've never, you know, I've never flown with anybody that was blinded and also just, you know, I was trying to help. I, I was, I did my best to be like, Hey, let me hold the water. You know, like I tried to help where I could, but I just felt, you know, bad that I honest mistake led to this guy. <laughs> like kidding. Yeah, he couldn't. I think he probably had some plans to do some work, you know, and it, it. I don't think that worked out for him. So, we owe that guy one. We're gonna pay it forward. That's right. That's what I love to hear too. All right, Cody. You know, we talked a little bit. We have our Trap Draw Goals podcast. Yep. You weren't on that podcast. We've talked a little bit about your goals. But I want to do a little goal check in. Where are we at? We're closing in on three months. You know, we're, we're lap one of the uh, 2023 mile here. Uh, how are we doing? I would say we're doing pretty good. You know, I think last year I set the goal. I, I got to be a little bit of a, a hefty boy, not something that I'm used to. And it was from, uh, you know, a lot of excuses. I think some of them rightfully so. But, you know, I had a, a procedure on my back to get it kind of straightened out, get it, give me a nice little tune up of something that was going on. And I kind of let that get the best of me. We started traveling a lot for NLU. You know, we do hotels, restaurants, golf course food, you know, you're in airports, you're just kind of, you know, I turned in to be like this grazer and that usually is not me. So what I did last year, as I said, my, my number one goal was Deej and I did 22 and 22. The original plan of, of losing 22 pounds in the year of 22, I knocked it out of the park. I mean, I think I ended up losing like 28 pounds total, uh, got through the holidays, kept it all off. We we're good to go rounded the new year and I ha I think I talked about this a little bit in one of our previous episodes and I'm not going to go into complete details but I had some things a couple procedures done on my feet and that obviously put me up wasn't able to to run do my workouts anything else like that so put on a little bit of weight again but we're back on the grindstone I'm back to my original, uh, not my original, original start weight, but where I was starting the, the year. We're in a really good spot, getting it in, getting in the gym, you know, at least four times a week. Uh, and we were down there this morning, man. 
not work. not quite. I I had planned to do this like complete leg smoke workout, which we started like, together but without realizing that you, like we're also playing golf today. Yeah, which I I kind of was like you know, but it, a good good squat push up warm up right, and and you uh, got your run in afterwards. So I did. So far, so good. Yeah, got in two and a half miles. Felt good about that. Um, I'm geared up. I'm getting. Get my miles in for the half marathon at the end of the Brooklyn half marathon at the end of April. I'm signed up for it. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm putting into practice a, a real training plan for it. And some of my buddies give me some shit for that. Like, oh, you're just going to mail it in. It's like, no, I'm not going to mail it in. I, and I've, I've been trying to, like, you know, explain this to them. I, I sometimes have a bad habit of going too hard. Like, you know, okay. and and burning myself out. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get hurt. I don't. I've never really run a, anything distance before. What is the longest prior to starting training for for your half marathon? What's the longest that you've ever ran consistently? Well, the longest was seven miles, which was or eight, I guess eight miles, which was last week. But that was for this training, though. Yes. Prior to that, I mean, on I would struggle to think of a time I've run more than three miles. Okay, and I think it was on the treadmill, like training for boxing. Right. Right. And so, and the issue is, I, I it's almost like it been ingrained in me since I was in high school. In our PE class, and the you know Ron Bell or Alan Chadwick, the football coach, would run PE, and it'd be like, "We're going out to the track, we're running the mile and a half, and you better be under eleven minutes or ten minutes, you know." And you basically just run until you puke, like just you know go hard at a mile and a half. And I, I, God, I hate that. And then you know you go play college football. It's the same thing. It's like all conditioning is like max it out. Like even when you're doing distance stuff, it's like this is. You know, and so the concept of running without a time in mind has always been like foreign to me a little bit. So I've actually started to enjoy a little bit of like I'm not wearing a, a watch. I'm you know I got my whoop on and I I kind of track my run afterwards with like you know there's a couple like websites you can go to and like trace where you went. But I find it to be like I want to enjoy this experience, right? And and I think I said to one of my buddies like, oh, like my goal is like not to walk, which is not really the goal. Like I'm not trying to run 14 minute miles. Right. But I also want to just be able to run without having to worry about like, am I hitting my time? Am I, you know, like setting some arbitrary goal? You know, if I do another one, I'm down for that. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like this as my first one, I want it to be an, an experience almost when people talk about golf and they're like, I don't like to keep score. Well, I, I, you know, that's not me on the golf course, but like right now with this running stuff, it's like, I don't really want to keep score. Like I want to train for it. Uh, I could get a little more regimented, which I plan on doing when I get back to New York next week. And like, I want to like push myself, but I don't really want to, um, get wrapped up. I feel like you can get wrapped up in the training of stuff, uh, which is how I normally attack any type of physical goal. And I almost feel like it's important for me to like not do it that way, you know, because that's how I normally do it. And so that's, that's my theory right now that we're testing out. This is Neil's take on physical fitness in the adult life, as you could say. Well, yeah, I think the the goal is like, I'm going to complete this marathon and I'm, I I will, I feel like the way I'm wired, once I start this race, I'm naturally going to push myself. I'm going to be like, you can go faster. You know, like once it's like the actual race, but as I'm doing this training, I'm like, man, I, I'm really just enjoying like you know, don't stop. Like, and I'm, I find myself kicking it up. Like once I do the big circle in prospect park and head home, it's like, okay, let's, you know, let's ramp up the pace. Let's, but it's been a lot of fun just like running around the city, even when it's been cold out of just 
kind of like, oh man, I went pretty, pretty far. Like every time I run now is almost like the longest I've ever run, which to me is almost the, there's a joy to that, right? Instead of like assigning myself like, okay, we're going to, you know, this is our training regimen today. And I, and I have nothing against the training. My, my buddies that I'm running with, they're being much more diligent about it. So they're going to do better than me. And I'm like, I'm cool with that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, I'm not running a race, man. Like we're not out there. That's that. And that's what I'm like. I'm so that's how I'm wired. Like it's almost hard for me to like force myself not to get competitive with them, you know, and they're mad. They're like, Oh, we're going for a run. You want to come? I'm like, "Eh, I've had a lot of travel and stuff, but I was like, I'm kind of like, feel like I'm doing this with myself. Right. Because I hate running. So it's like, I need to like competition from within. This is personal for me, you know? So and you're not just getting your runs in and everything else like that. You're still playing your pickup hoops. Which has been great. Yep. Now that I've gotten back into like some cardio, I mean, I'm going, I'm not coming out of the game, which is not my <laughs> MO. I'm normally oh, sucking wind out there. So Are you uh, taking the right shoes every time? Yes. Haven't haven't had mismatched shoes since okay. that one game where we got smoked. <laughs> and I and, and honestly, like I've been playing better and better. I uh we won the last two games. We won and then I signed up for I think the uh, league starts back up in April. So I've really enjoyed it. Haven't gotten hurt, you know, which is great. Uh, and then softball's ramping up. Yeah, love so, that. Speaking of my goal of competing once a week, I'm kind of, I feel like I'm on track with that. With basketball, softball, the Smokers, New York team I play on for since basically senior year of college. We've got spring training coming up April 1st. Pumped about it. Psyched. Uh, and then the games, I think, ramp up like first week of April. So, Usually those are in Central Park, which is really always a thrill when you're playing That's you exciting. Know, in the North Meadow or you're playing yeah. under the big skyscrapers. Softball's the best. God, that's good. And a good, I mean, your marathon goal. Which, which race is it? Well, it's a half marathon. Half marathon. It's a Brooklyn half marathon. I think there's two like companies that do the half marathon. I can't remember. I think I'm doing the more like laid back one. Um, but I think it goes from... Some I don't know where in Brooklyn, but I think it ends at Coney Island. So, yeah, I gotta I gotta ramp up. You know, eight. I'm trying to run like, and I know I'm gonna probably get a bunch of messages like, "Oh, dude, that's not how you should be training." Right. But like, I'm trying to we ramp don't up care. from six to seven yes. to eight to nine. And like today, I just did two and a half. Right, we did keep the legs warm. Yep. I'm trying to make sure I I rest enough. I I've, I've been rolling out a lot because I've been Good. feeling my knee, um, kind of get a little sore. God, it's weird as you start to get older. You used to be able to just like strap things on and just go. And now yeah. all of a sudden you're like, you do that. You don't stretch before. You don't do a good cool down afterwards. You get ankles, your feet, your knees, all this stuff starts to And I think it's I got some wild, you know, at least one torn labrum in my hip. That's, but that's tough. It doesn't, it doesn't really bug me, but it's definitely like not, the mobility isn't there, yeah. you know? So it's like, I don't want to, I just, I don't want to get hurt you know, by like trying to push myself too hard. And the goal here is like, yeah, let's stay in shape. Like my, my upper 190, we're below it. Right. We're in that like 187, 188. I think we'll probably be 185 if I ramp the training up. And I think naturally when you start to work out, I start to eat better. Like the way it works with me is like, if I'm eating, if I'm not working out, that's when I eat like shit. When I am working out, I'm like, Oh no, I want, you know, you're, you're almost more thoughtful with, with other parts of your man. So Got to feed the car. So I think we're off to a good start keeping the and, – and I'm proud because it's been, like I said, a cold, rainy winter, not a ton of snow in New York, almost zero. It's stuck. 
which is kind of the worst weather, just gray, rainy, like it looks like a freaking Charles Dickens novel, you know, smoky and foggy, like the skyline's all muted. It's So I'm looking forward to when the weather gets better, maybe these runs will be even more enjoyable. Got a question for you. Father-in-law Pete, obviously a man in phenomenal shape. Yes. What is, what is he doing? So he almost has, which I love, he plays a ton of tennis, and he seems to have a similar mindset other than tennis, it's like he just he goes for a run with the dog. Um, not right now, not the puppy, but the dog Gus that they used to have. You just take him up in this like uh, forest across the street from their house and just go run like up and down hills. And then I think he he works on the elliptical. He do, he's not very public about his workouts. Like he wakes up early. I think he's like up around five, six every day, and he just, just goes downstairs and gets like yeah. thirty minutes, forty five minutes in. I think he just does like whatever homegrown routine that he enjoys. Yeah. So I think it's like an enjoyable thing for him instead of it being like, I got to hit this workout regimen to get to this. And again, that's how I normally do things. And I sometimes I think that sucks a little bit of the joy out of stuff for me. So um, you're more on the conk side of life than the, the Pete of just freewheeling and kind of just getting it in. Yes. And I, but I think what is more sustainable long-term if you want to stay just in good health, we've talked about this multiple times. It's like man. you got to get it in, just right? Do like, it. Don't make it. Don't like psych yourself out too much, right? And and I and I and pick your spots when you want to like achieve a goal. Yes, you know. And I think once you've done like a half marathon, if I like it, then yeah, my natural inclination is like, all right, we gotta we gotta beat that time at least, and we should probably get it down to this, right? Because I'll have a better feel for like what it takes. But yeah, that's. That's where I'm at. My my writing goal is going pretty well. Got uh, I got the, the five minute journal which I've been writing in. Yeah, um, and I'm not beating myself up about missing days. So when I'm home, I, I leave it on my desk. So when I go into my office, it's the first thing I do. It's like to kind of get the habit going. When I'm on the road, I always bring it. But if it's not like in front of me, I'll forget to do it. But the last two days, I've been I've been on it. And it's just like it's like little prompts. It's like. What would make today great? Three items. You know, what are you thankful for? Like kind of a daily like affirmation or, you know, something you want to remember. And then you can either do the morning one or the night section where you kind of look back. And sometimes I use the night section to just write down any other thoughts I have. So I try to do that before I start grinding on anything NLU related. So that's been good. I guess where I know where to find our 2024 business goals was in that little journal. No, I try to keep it. Sometimes it's like business related, but it's more like high level. Like how, you know, what would make sometimes it's like what makes today great. Make sure you get a run in, because I know if I don't, I'm gonna be mad at myself. You know, like you kind of, it's almost like, but physically writing that out in the morning, it like it does kind of have a weird subconscious impact on you. Because then you're immediately the first thing I do is go look at the calendar and I'm like, where can I fit it in? Okay, 4 p.m. You know, like because it was in the winter, it's dark early, all that stuff. So it it kind of sets sets you up to be like, all right, if you just declared that was important, then make sure you like go, you know, figure out how to do it. Right. And it's not just your personal journaling that you've been sticking to as well. It's your newsletters, both public facing one, Nest newsletters, you name it. You've just been diligent about sticking to them all. That's just the, the power of habit, man. I think the last two years, it's two a month and uh, I'll put that out next week. So I think we're, you know, I feel like we're, we're doing well. We're yeah. We're cooking, man. We're uh, we're holding each other accountable for sure, which is good. 
What about off? I know you had another goal we talked about in January. Date night. Date night is going very, very well. I'm holding to it. Making my relationship the number one priority that I have in my life. It's been phenomenal. We're sticking to it. If we're not getting it in uh, like an actual date night, we're doing day dates, of course. You got to figure out babysitter schedules, kids schedules, stuff like that. Spring break kind of jumped out of nowhere. Uh, I was on spring break last week with the kids home by myself. Yari was out of town, so I had a lot going on. But before before that, you know, we're doing it. And basically what it comes down to is that almost every Friday afternoon, so from like 1 p.m. on until we pick up the kids, Yari and I jet off, try to go find something to eat, find a place to drink. Basically, we're just looking for a spot to go sit down and like talk about things that you just don't talk when you're sitting next to each other on the couch. Um, and I think it's been phenomenal for us. Also planning out trips. Very, very lucky to say that last week, uh, I celebrated my 14th wedding anniversary, which is uh, an incredible number to think back to and, and wonder like, why, how, uh, how did I, how did I get to this spot? And luckily she puts up with so much of my crap, but the princess, my queen Yari turns 40 and it's okay she doesn't care about age but she turns 40 years old this year and we are going to Italy for her 40th birthday party and it it was uh you know honestly thinking about this I came up with this idea in December I wanted to do something big for her 40th birthday her birthday is in July and July is a very busy month for us at NLU and personally I knew that there was going to be something uh, that I was going to have to take off that I would obviously have a work conflict with. And it's the first time since starting at NLU where I was like, you know what? I don't ask. I've never asked for like time off. This is a priority in my life. I put it as a goal. I put it out there to the world and I need to be the one who, who sticks to it. So we're going to Italy uh, for a couple days, then we're going on some, you know, cruise all around and everything just so happens to fall during the open championship, which is a big, big week, not only for NLU, but for me producing live shows and everything else like that. And I've had like some serious anxiety about it because it feels like I'm like giving up something that I owe to the team. But at the same time, I continue to tell myself that like, you also have to take the time for what is important in your life. And it's not like we have some sort of leave policy that's out there. It's basically like, just hold hold your weight. And I know, I've, I've talked to you about this, talked to everybody about it. I know that it's like not that big of a deal, but it's still very hard at times to, to not make it a big deal in your head. But we're going through. Well, obviously, anything can be planned around. Yep. So... You just got to, you know, as, as a head of HR, it's been approved, <laughs> right? But it's like, I know what you mean. It's like when you have ownership over something, you're like, I felt that way on my honeymoon last year. It's like, okay, I'm leaving for yeah. two weeks. Like, and then you go away and you're like, every, yeah, you know, everybody knows how to pick up the slack. Like, Do you know who won the players last year? Uh, yeah, the mangy dog. <laughs> I think the mangy dog. Yeah, he did. Right? But yeah. I missed all the gold boy stuff. Oh, I missed, yeah. and it was great. It was, and he's you know, dead now. I, mean, and I actually sad. did a good job of like, you know, keeping the phone on airplane mode for most of the trip, which was great. So, no, that's... And I saw you snuck you snuck your fancy picture into the way we're driving, you guys. Well, that was your first anniversary, right? Of course. Carson always reads our newsletter, like, a week later. 
we were like driving somewhere and she's like oh my god look at this picture i'm like i sent that last week she's like oh yeah i'm just catching up on my my personal email i'm like all right well god that's wild but yes we've we've been holding to it gonna continue date nights date afternoons whatever just putting our relationship first and you've obviously seen it you know the the best role models that you can possibly be for your children is like yourselves and that's not just individually, but like as a couple. And I'm a firm believer that, uh, you know, I grew up in a, uh, a very chaotic household for a while. And then it, like everything got better. And I had very good role models of what like a couple and like, you know, for me and, and seeing other people around me as a it, it's difficult. And I'm a father of three young girls. And the best thing uh, that I can do is model myself after being like the best dad and the best man that I can possibly be to hopefully they go down that same path and realize their worth uh, to this world and don't let people fucking push them around and shit. Well, that that's a good segue because I had a question for you, a situational question Ooh. for you. You're, you're, wait a second. I put situational questions. On I know, but I, it was now funny that you did that because I've had this saved up for a while. Okay. When was the last time you got conned? Like you got, you felt like you got like, oh shit, I just got like, I just got got. Like it, where it actually meant something or like little things? Well, let me get, I'll give you an example. This is because I have a, a story I want to share with you. Theoretically, might- I got conned yesterday. Like that, that homeless guy in Austin that came up, I, he told me he was a Vietnam vet. I guarantee he's not a Vietnam vet. I, I still gave him like five bucks. Sure. But that's, that, you know, that's just good. Right. You know, you're paying, put some good juju out For there. Sure. That's fine. So about three weeks ago, I th- hopefully this will th- maybe set the tone for, for where I'm going. Carson and I are cleaning out the apartment. I had I kind of start to always put like a goodwill bag together, and I had some stuff that I needed to clear out of the closet. Apartment finally got uh, fixed up. You know, floors are back, so we're back in our bedroom. Love so that. I'm like, all right, we got to reorganize <laughs> some things. Had some had the like uh, OGO like travel bag that I've had right? forever. It's all beat up. I'm like, perfect. I'm going to put all this stuff in this big-ass golf travel bag, and I'm going to take it to Goodwill. It's a Saturday morning, right? Cars, cars need to go to UPS, so we stop at UPS for her to mail some things, go to Goodwill in down, downtown Brooklyn. Been there before, years ago, and you just you pull, pull up on the street. And I got some things. I got. I think I had a couple nice, like, there was like an Amazon, like, Echo dot that I've never used. It just sits in a drawer. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give this away. Never, you know, whatever. Some stuff like that where, so I get out and I pop the trunk and I start taking this bag out and this this guy walks up and he's like, oh, Goodwill? And normally, anytime I've gone to Goodwill in Florida, there's always a dude and they're never really wearing uniforms. They come right. up and they help you like lug the he's stuff He's like over, the drop-off the guy. The drop-off guy. And so this guy's helped me and then I'm like, oh yeah. So I give him like a picture and then I'm as I'm getting the bigger, you know, travel bag out with all most of the stuff in it, I see a security guard coming out too. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess he's helping too. And then he starts to like box this guy out. Like it starts, and nobody's saying anything. You know, like the security guard didn't say anything. But I'm starting to feel like, wait, 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 what's going on? And this guy, he like gets his hands on it and he just takes the travel bag and he starts wheeling it off across the street. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like I'm, I'm, and the security guard's like, nope, don't go. Then he starts talking to me like, nope, don't go. It happens all the time. Don't go after him. Look across the street. It's just a straight up like the homies are over there going. They rifling through your stuff. Well, not my stuff. They got a, a bunch of other stuff over there. They just set up shop like on the other 
under like the next block and they're just like and then yeah the travel bag goes over there so then yeah as i'm driving off i'm seeing these guys going through like all the stuff i just dropped off some <laughs> nice stuff in there you know some old, some gold golf stuff a uh, couple nlu things i try not to take a lot of, t- of nlu stuff to goodwill but uh, you know there's a couple things sometimes i'll throw a nice yeah nice vest in. you know yeah, you like yeah. to like almost like pepper it it's like you're, antiques roadshow you're seeding it seeing where it pop up at and i was like fuck man i just got got like i didn't i should have had my head on a swivel i just didn't realize what was going on until i had like let go of the bag and natural inclination i you know kind of step towards them and then i'm like you know what it's a weird concept because i'm literally giving this stuff away so it's not like he's it's like yes he just stole that but there was stuff i was giving away so you know what i'm, I, I'm like wait a second it was it was this like kind of mental thing i was like well it's not worth it. i shouldn't go get in a fight because i was literally like giving it to goodwill but you're also like that is that sucks like it made me mad you know what i'm saying and i was like damn I just got got and I, and I was thinking about it and I, I wanted to ask you like, you know, cause you're like, you're kind of uh you're baddest dude in the County. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the alpha. Like I will stand up for myself. And like, if, if guys try to steal my, you know, I've had someone try to steal my bike before. It's like, no, that's not going to happen. But this was like, okay, wait a second. I didn't want this stuff. Like the last thing I need to do is go get an altercation, get, you know, stabbed, whatever. Like, the homies across the street were not the uh they didn't look great yeah. if you know what i'm saying you got to give up wherever it ends up it ends up it's the thought that matters in that whole thing but uh, i was like that was my first since i've been back in new york i think that's the first time the city's like gotten me you know what I, you know what i mean and it, it which is always like and and then i was thinking about it. i got a friend jerry bell uh old roommate and jerry always he's told this story a couple times to me i always crack up when he's in high school he had a, a football coach, like I think his quarterback coach in Corpus Christi. He was like, you know, if I think somebody on the team had a girlfriend and she started like, you know, she's messing around with somebody else. And I don't know if it was an actual like one of the guys on the team, but the coach was saying, if your girl's messing around on you, you don't get in a fight with that man. You thank that man because your game wasn't tight. You you go you go up, you shake that man's hand because he's reminding you. Your, your shit just isn't tight, you know? And I think I, I was thinking about that with the, uh, as I was like driving off, I was like, you know what? No, my game wasn't tight enough. I need yeah. to thank that man. Right. Like he, he got me and, and, and I, you know, I, I should, I need to thank him. I need to tighten my shit up. So I've been, you know, I was pissed and I was laughing about it and it's like, you know what? You got to learn from it. Just, you can't, you can't get got like that. You can't get conned. God, I'm trying to think. I, I don't know. When was the last time I got god on anything because then i was laughing like when was the last time i got god yeah and i think it was in san francisco like in 2014 this one didn't matter as much but it was like uh a a gentleman in a suit walked up to me i I came out of a bar and he had a whole like legit spiel about like dude i got locked out of my hotel room and i'm at this conference and i just need like you know I don't have my wallet or my phone or anything. I need like 40 bucks to get to the airport. And I think he had like a suitcase with him or whatever. And I was like, yeah, dude, I gave him like 40 bucks. I was like, you know what? I had a couple beers. I think I hit quota, you know, like we're, we're like, we're, we're feeling good. And sure enough, three days later, that was like a Thursday. I think it's Sunday or no, it was probably Saturday. So maybe two days later, I'm in a, like one neighborhood over in San Francisco 
and I see this guy across the street. I'm like, it, I recognize him. Suitcase, same suit. Doing the same thing. To somebody else. And I, and I was a little tuned up. I was like, hey, I know you. What, what, what? And the, the guy, big, wide eyes, he starts running off, you know? And I was like, fuck, that guy totally conned me like three days ago. You know what I'm saying? And so that one's, that one's like not as big of a deal, but it, it, was, uh, it was less visceral. It was less like someone taking something and me just like right. letting it happen. Right. That was at least me, you know, actively giving somebody something. So I will say I am like a sucker for uh, homeless people. Like if you ask for me, like if you ask for money on the street, you come up to me and say, hey, I'm going to give you money. Uh, if you like pull up to a stoplight, or a stop sign, and somebody's like in the center medium, and they have like that cute dog and a sign that most of the time says "disabled veteran" or or whatever else. I'm gonna give you money. If I have money, I'm gonna give you it. And I think I I never used to be like that because growing up in Montana, there's not a lot of hitchhikers because it gets so fucking cold. Like nobody wants to be there. But I remember like growing up, and my mom and my dad would always tell me like stories of like, hey, like. There's the, the hitchhikers that are up here, they get extremely violent. Like if you give them like not exactly what they asked for. So don't like give them money. Now, later on in life, I met my wife and everything. She has like a, a heart as big as can be. And she is the one that is like ingrained in me. Like, hey, we're better off than the vast majority of people. Like you can give them even if they're like, and I said this yesterday when the guy like, cool, like you want five bucks and like, if that's like five bucks closer to like your next crack rock, like, okay, that's fine. That's that. I have nothing to do with that. Like, but I'm doing my best to like help whoever else is. And they're probably getting over on me, but man, it, it happens a lot. And, and I'll say this, like that's primarily like, I, I, I like to be the guy who still carries cash. We ran into the situation yesterday at this dinner party that we're at where I didn't have cash on me. And I was like, fuck, like, I feel like naked right now. Like something is wrong because I, I always have it because you never know what happens. Well, what's your, because I've made a point, I almost made a goal, I think a couple of years ago. I was like, I wanted to carry cash more. Yeah. I still struggle though. I I'm, I'm always feel like I'm without cash. It feels like you go to a fucking ATM. Like the only time that I like stop to go to an ATM is like, obviously we're, we're, we're Zinni boys. So we ride together in that. But like I go to a convenience store or gas station, like for some reason, like the ATMs now are like, tucked back in the fucking like yeah. five aisles back and you like kind of feel like a creeper going back there and they're like <laughs> you know they're watching you on surveillance camera like what's this guy doing i can't even tell you the last time i went to a bank yeah. i can't tell you the last time i used a bank atm drive through for fucking anything so most of the time i do cash back at like registers yeah. and they're starting to crack down on that now like you can't get as much cash as you used to be able to most of the time you go there and they're like oh no twenty dollar limit and i'm like what well, like I need more than like yeah I know twenty bucks because that's like, the thing I almost when I have cash I run through it pretty yeah. quick um, but it makes you think because I think when you like pull out cards and you just like everything now is like on a card or your phone and like I appreciate the convenience factor of it but like that shit adds up and you don't even like realize how much it is well I know like if I valet park and I don't have cash those guys are pretty much all of them are like yeah yeah I got Venmo yeah for sure and you end up giving them like probably double what you would give them yeah. if you had cash yeah which is like in a way good but also like because it doesn't have oh yeah yeah that, uh let's do eight you know yep. what i mean like you you just it's the same same action and i have no issue like the, the valet guys like of course i'm gonna tip them yeah. 
like that's fine. And I, I know TC and Big have gone down this whole like tipping thing. And where I live at, like I'd never notice it hasn't been that big of a deal because most of the time when I'm going out for something, I'm naturally like I'm going to a restaurant. Of course, I'm going to tip. What I say here, it, even in this hotel, the Starbucks, that was the first time that it was like popped up before I, I could was even about like to bring that up. Except anything. No, and, and not only like, that, it's like a heavy amount of friction to get from the 20% yes. tip that they're like recommending yes. to like, you have to push like three buttons to go to like, and I, you know what? I didn't tip. I was like, you know what? Because this is like bullshit. Yeah. I was like, I'm not tipping. Fuck this, man. I mean, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm with big and TC on that. It, 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 because it ruins the tipping economy for the people that should be tipped. And no offense, like, hey, Starbucks, like, should your baristas be tipped? Should they? I don't they? think so, because I think the drinks cost a lot of money. For sure. Yeah. Like, and that's that, just... that was always, like, the sales pitch with, with Starbucks is, like, they offer great benefits. Yes. And, like, you know, it's a good job. So, but I try to, I actually did this last year, uh, a little bit to your point about, like, you know, giving money when people ask on the street. It's, like, you can almost budget it into your... Like, if you make an annual budget, yeah, it's like, yo, if you break it down, it's like, all right, maybe I can, maybe I can budget in an extra thousand bucks of just like, that's going to be, because I've said I, another goal that's I had was to, get, to get more in, like to do some type of charity nonprofit work this year, which I haven't made a ton of progress on. That's, you know, listen, that's on the to-do list. Hey buddy, we're, we're here for a charity event right now. So we're doing, I okay. know, but that's through NLU, right? Like that's that, this is more personal. Like I need to do it my, on my own, but you're right. Like this is time and, and energy and everything. But I think you could probably put into that, like almost like your own tithing bucket of like, you know, I'm not going to church a lot. I will. If I do go to church, I'm always putting something in the basket, but this is a little bit more like, and I try, like, Subway, you know, every time you're on the Subway, you're going to get one, two, maybe five people asking. So sometimes what happens is you're like, oh, God, I can't help everybody, you know. So, But that shouldn't stop you from if you feel it and you got it in your pocket. Like, yeah, okay, here, I have it with me. I had a bunch of Cliff Bars in my in my basketball bag. And I was like, well, I don't have any money, but I a Cliff Bar. And I think I offered, yo, like, yo, three dog, people. You said you're hungry. You yeah, and I was like, food. yo, man, I got this. And one... One woman was very appreciative, and then two guys were like, no. And I was like, all right, well, you know, which kind of makes you – I'm not trying to insult anybody. It's truly like I don't have any cash on me. I need to make, do a better job of carrying it, but it can be a little overwhelming in the big city. What a tough situation when you're just trying to – oh, you're hungry? Cool. I have this Cliff Bar for you, man. It's not even open. It's brand new. I know. It's brand new. It's delicious. Chocolate chip. It's chocolate chip. It's my favorite. I know. And like, he's like, oh, fuck you, man. What is, I eat these before every basketball want? game. You know, I just put a 12-pack in my bag so I have them. Back to goals. My my, I think my last goal that, that we had talked about is that we, we talked about our game and golf. We wanted to get better. Yes. We wanted to play more. We wanted to get competitive more. And by doing that, we said that we are going to stick to some sort of a, a plan. We're going to come up with a plan. We're going to practice. Even if it wasn't practice, like not driving range or short course or, or anything like that, but we're actually going to go play and like we're going to grind some shit out because we want to get better. I'll tell you, I played golf. Like, I, th I think tomorrow's going to be my fourth round of the year. Now, again, my feet situation, I, I have sure. an excuse. Also, to be quite honest, I have a little PTSD from my last showing on video, which it's fucking hard as shit. 
play golf on video, not the actual like playing golf, but like when you get the reviews and everybody talks shit, like that's just part of the job. I understand that. But what I have been doing when my feet have been all bandaged and duct taped up, I've been fucking grinding on my putting stroke. At home. At home. I got my new office set up. I gotta I do got, more. I of got that. my putting my putting mat in there. I fucking I when I when we went out to TPI, I was fit for a blade putter, so I had like a Newport too. Uh, I switched it up because I was putting my old Odyssey putter. Like I had that small uh, Atlanta Toulon Atlanta mallet, so I went to I, I back in a I think the same putter that you have, like the the Phantom five point five or whatever. I have that. I absolutely love it. Uh, I've been putting really good indoors. I'm excited to get out and put on grass again. And honestly, uh, I, maybe it's just because I've just been too big of a chicken, but like, I just don't want to play golf when it's like bad weather out. So, Yo, so I, when, like, it, when it has been, I've had time to go do it. I'm just like, why? I don't want to do that. I've played three, four rounds this year. I mean, I, you know, starting in Hawaii was, was nice, but also like new set of clubs yeah, talk about on camera for sure i finally got a range session in last week and that's what i needed i because i played a lot of sloppy golf of just like oh i'm figuring it out in round i'm gonna hold though next time next booth i want to do more of a golf update on my end because there's gonna be some content coming out between now and then probably that will make it make more sense on what i'm working on which is which is interesting the only thing i will say is another goal i had that i have taking action on is I signed up for two amateur Met Golf Association events. Two, the Met Mid-Am, I'm signed up for a qualifier, and the Pub Links. So I put those on my calendar. The sign-up date was March 1st. I had that on my calendar, and I went in, and I did it, and I'm, you know, so that that sets the bar. It's like, okay, we need to go try to qualify for these, and I think the first one's going to be in May, and the second one's in July. So I got That's some time. plenty of lead time. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. But I'm going to... I'm going to holster that discussion. What have you put more thought into like what what are you actually going to do in the city? Where are you going to practice? What what's the plan going to be? I haven't. Well, a little bit. I think I'm going to I really want to improve my wedge game. And I think that's where I have the best opportunity to lower my score. And I think flushing meadow pitch and putt is of honestly course, the best place course. for me to do that. Like truly. It's and I think I can take my dog out there. So I would like to try to merge those two things. Maybe if I'm in town, like going out on, they open at like 9 a.m. and there's nobody there, so it's like you can go play play the 18 hole par three course with four balls, and you know maybe maybe get some training in with the pup. Like I'm trying to make it work, right? Like that to me that feels more sustainable because I don't find a lot of value in going to like Chelsea Pier. The simulators I should probably. There's not really one in my part of Brooklyn. There's a couple up in Williamsburg that are pretty good. Um, I could see myself going into Five Iron in you know in Manhattan and and working on the driver a little bit. Need to get the putting mat out, but I, I've I've made some some strides with the putting, which we could talk about next time. Love that. I can't wait to see it today. So, by the way, I'll see. All right, so you had some stroke today. You had some situational questions for me. Well, this is the thing. Do we got another ad read? We got to get in here. Oh yeah, that's you're exactly right. Um, listen, we get going. Well, this one's an easy one. This is from Holderness and Born. Uh, this episode is brought to you by our good friends at Holderness and Born. Let's talk about their polo shirts for a second. Cody and I are literally both wearing them. Um, the new spring collection coming to the NLU Pro Shop is going to be excellent. I'm 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 jacked up about it. So that comes out 
That should be actually live uh, Friday. So you can sign up for the newsletter for that. Anyway, this is their read, not my pro shop read. Yes, the fit and fabrics are on point, but H&B really changed the game with the collar on their shirts. You can pick out an H&B collar from across the driving range. Why? Because it has premium interfacing hidden collar stays and and an English cut that is modern but not too aggressive. Great. What does that all mean? It means you look more polished, more put together. A great collar frames your face and gives you good posture. And in the spring and summer, it stays sharp all day long. It doesn't lay down or flatten as you sweat all over those six-footers. Check them out at hbgolf.com and use code NLU15 for 15% off your next order. That's NLU15 at hbgolf.com. One other thing we want to uh, bring up is we've got a new content series coming out with H&B called Office Hours, which I think is like as a history junkie. I'm very, very jacked up to see that. So this should, it comes out Wednesday of this week. So whenever this pod is is live, check out the YouTube channel Wednesday. Uh, we are working with Michael Wolf. Wolfie. Wolfie. Bama Bearcat for people. Might know him better by his stage name. He's a wealth of knowledge on golf history. Um, and it's going to be a deep dive on the history of Augusta National. And we plan on doing uh, a lot more of these this year. It's and so good. Too. H&B has been awesome at letting us, uh, helping us get this, uh, project off the ground. So again, go check them out. HMBgolf.com code NLU 15. Yeah. The one thing that I will say, cause I messed up this ad read last time for people that are watching. It's actually just HBgolf.com. Oh. No, and no, no, it, 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 uh, none of right. that in there. HBgolf.com. Okay. Check them out. NLU 15 HBgolf.com. I'm so used to saying H and B. And I love it. You know, the collars, the fits, like, you you name it. It's Well, they got phenomenal. a lot of multi-print stuff coming out. Yeah, Like, creative sure. stuff. The I'm hoodies, really excited. fucking killing it. Like, yeah, wearing it, the hoodie right now. The new hoodie, no no, str- no strings. It's it's good. They make really good stuff. Neeler so. and I, not only down here in Austin doing some, some business, checking out Dell Match Play, but also we were at Pro-Am Party last night for a really cool event that our, our partners at Mr. Ma Golf, Mr. Ma Golf obviously carries every, you know, H&B offering that they have. We were lucky enough to get a nice sweater that, uh, the new sweater that came out where those were in our gift bags last night. Very pumped for that, but uh, appreciate H&B because it seems like everything they make, it just keeps getting better and better and better. So great partners, excited to have them here. Situational questions. Listen, you're in the hot seat and you came in and you, you picked it out right away. You're like, wait a second, why is my chair over there underneath the light? Uh, what's up with this camera setup? Have you ever been in a situation like this before? Um, no, I've never been arrested. That's good. So I've never had to be in, uh, any type of police custody. When you got in, you know, I think you've talked about this before, but when you got in trouble your senior year of high school and you, you were obviously, uh, you didn't rat out any of your friends, but when you were questioned that this situation kind of looked like this, you got pulled into the principal's office and, they drilled you, but it wasn't cameras and lights and everything else like that. No, because that was kind of a group of us. Okay. It wasn't ever really one-on-one until I had to get my diploma from the principal, and that was one-on-one, but that was more of a conversation. Everybody was very exhausted by that point, so it was like, hey, what did we learn? You know, It was more of a sit-down uh, chit-chat with Father Constant, who's now the Bishop of Atlanta. <laughs> really? Yeah. Whoa. Good for him. He's a beast. He's, he's a stud. He also married Tron and Alex. <laughs> Yeah, Father Consit. If you live in Atlanta, he's a bishop, baby. <laughs> he, he's a gangster. Oh, man. Have you ever been pulled into secondary security? 
via airports or anything else like that? Briefly in Thailand. Okay. When Run was, me through it. Well, what, I didn't. No, nobody ever sat me down. It was more of I had my visa was expired by a week. They give you like a month visa, and I was in Thailand for a month and a, and a week. And so they basically just shook me down for an extra like 200 baht right. to like let me go. So I just paid. Let you, please let me go. I'm going to pay you guys to get out of here, and then I'm going to go extend my visa over here for whatever. And yeah, well, it was more like the guy was already in the office. They didn't like put me in a room when nobody was in it, and somebody walked in the door or anything like that. I, didn't even, I don't even think I sat down. It was kind of just like, okay, you owe us 200 Thai bot, and then they stamped me, and I, I was on to uh, the terminal. So, no, I can't think of anything where I've been in uh, a, a, a situation like this. Okay. So, say that you end up, uh, you know, somebody breaks into your door tonight, you're in a hotel room, and they, you know, you're falsely accused of, I don't know, running over somebody on a fucking scooter downstairs. And they say, hey, uh, we saw you, Mr. Schuster. We have the CCTV cameras. Um, and, uh, you know, we obviously know that you're registered at this hotel that's how we found out that you're here is there anything that's in your hotel room that you would make you vulnerable uh to to either furthering information or, or maybe opening a little a little gate to them and in your inner life that that would you know they could use to elicit more information from you basically where i'm going is how secure do you actually think you are well i would feel like they couldn't, they'd have to have a warrant, wouldn't they? Of course, but you're not a lawyer. You're not going to tell a SWAT team that comes in, like, what, what are you going to tell them? Uh, where's my lawyer? Then you look innocent right away, or, or guilty right away. Yeah, I mean, I, well, I have my computer with me, but I don't really have any, like, sketchy stuff on my computer. Of course. So I don't think that... Not worried about hiding information in you, but what vulnerabilities do you have in your life? Obviously, I'd say, first and foremost, Carson. There has to be something in your luggage, in your phone, on your computer uh, that would that would obviously bring Carson to life. Because if I take out SWAT team and say uh, a different country, say uh, you know Shinbet or ISI or somebody like that comes breaking in and is gonna you know do a little retention or a rendition operation here, you know what? How how secure? Uh, do you think you are? Because ultimately, at the end of the goal, at the end of the day, everything that you're trying to do is protect what? My protect family. yourself and your loved ones. Yes. At the, no matter what situation you're ever in, you don't want to expose them to any additional harm doing. Uh, I mean, there would be pictures on my phone of my wife and my dog. A lot of. Honestly, more pictures of my dog than my wife, probably, I'm more sorry. recently. Sorry, Carson. But I don't think there'd be, you know, I... I Addresses? Every, well, yes, but those are password protected. Okay, that's what I like to hear. I would say that it's a, the strongest password, but it's still something. So, you know, they could they could definitely unlock my phone by just sticking it in front of my face. Right. Which, you think about that, it's like, oh, that's not very secure. Like, if somebody had you, you know, yeah. handcuffed, they could just be like, hey, look here at the at the screen. Shout out to McFonts for always... Hampering on the two-factor. Uh, I, I'm I'm pretty much two-factored across most things, but the thing is, if you do get into the device because everything's like logged in, like it would be pretty easy to like access the. <laughs> I don't log in every time I'm on the, you know, get on my Gmail or right. whatever. Like anything banking-wise, yes. Um, so your bank information could easily be ripped. 
I, I don't know because they would have to enter the, the passwords. I mean, well, I guess you could do facial stuff. So, yes, they could probably get into my bank accounts on my phone. That would be tough because that's all face, face access, right? Uh, so which, which I guess the, the idea with that is they're protecting you from, like, if you lose your phone. But, like, if somebody, like, you know, takes you as a hostage and they can just use the facial recognition, that could be a problem. Maybe they're coming after the party boy. They do, said, hey, you, the kid, the kid. Well, I've always felt like, and this is a bad attitude, but even when I worked at Google and you kind of see how it works, like, you know, if you're using Google or Facebook, like, you are the product, right? They Correct. Work, they're, they're mining, they're harvesting your data. I've always been like, you know, I don't really have anything to hide. Like, I'm a pretty transparent person. In I don't your have, soul, I'm, I am innocent in whatever. So yeah, whatever like, the I situation I, is. I don't have a lot of like, I don't really have a ton of skeletons in the closet. Right. Of like, oh, I, you know, I, I'm wanted for fraud or like I did this thing and somebody could find out about it. Like, I don't want to be off the grid. So that's always been a very conscious thing of like, you know what? This is a fair trade. Like, if you want to market to me and, like, know how I feel about things. I'm guessing that probably changes when you have a family and it's not just you. Um, so, you know, you kind of – I think people just have to weigh that that question, you know. And maybe that's naive of me to think that way. No, I think it's very – that's how most people But I'd think. be like – and I also – like it's not like I got, like, you know, they say the key to being happy in the world is being rich and anonymous. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of in the wrong quadrant there. Like, I'm I'm not rich and I'm becoming less and less anonymous. So it's like, I don't know if I'd be a good target for that. You know, it's not like, oh, you can, I, I don't know if you're going to get a big ransom for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't think, think they would. I don't uh, think who, would you, who do you think would pay the ransom for you, though? Uh, I mean, I hope my wife, but I don't think, I don't know. It wouldn't be like, hey, I got, you know, a ton, I, I wouldn't say, the other reason is. I, I don't believe in ransom payments. I don't, like. If Carson said, hey, Cody, this situation, obviously, we're tracking. I would be brought in as a, some form of of consultant for her. You obviously. and our boy Chris Voss. Exactly. I'd be like, yo, we're not paying a ransom, okay? I have full faith in you that you're gonna you're gonna make this. We're gonna let the governments work it all out. Okay? okay. You're not a bad guy. You didn't do anything wrong. And I'm pretty good at not being in the you know, I keep myself like I feel I feel like I'm other than my goodwill experience, the reason that <laughs> stuck out so much is I'm usually very aware of my surroundings. Yeah. Where I'm like, hey, da, da, we're gonna we're gonna go this way, or we're gonna, you know, don't I don't I try not to get myself into situations even abroad where I'm like, hey, I'm I'm on my own here, I'm in a you know I don't know where I am. I, I honestly I, I pride myself on a good sense of direction. Are you quick to be able to point out suspicious people, things? Yes. Situations. I, I think I am. Where do you think you get that from? Because it's um, not training. I get it through training. I you, think it seems like. I think it's from living in big cities. Okay. I think it's from like being like young and naive and like getting got getting got in, in New York and just being like, yo, man, this is it's like this the real world out here. You know, like I've been like I've been sucker punched on the sidewalk in San Francisco, you know, late at night where it's like, yo, what the fuck was that? Just like completely out of nowhere. Yes. Completely out of nowhere. What? Yeah. So like, and I was wait. What, super what drunk. happened? This was 2014, and I was. It's like two, three a.m. And my buddy and I were out. Like we were walking home from a friend's house. We were like walking up. I think we were in like we weren't even bad. We weren't in a bad part of town either. And this it was real foggy and like cold. And some dude was just Moody. like big dude was just like moving down the sidewalk on like, and he he starts to like cross the street. And me and him were like minding our business. And I. 
it's very hazy, but I, I was like, is he coming towards us? And my buddy's like, yeah, I think so. And I was like, hey, what's, you know, as guys gets closer and he's just like beelining at us. I'm like, dude, what's up? Like, what, what's your, what's your deal? You know? And I, and he just hit me, <laughs> you know, he didn't knock me out. I went down bad lip, bloody lip. My buddy jumped in and then some bike cop like rolls by. Um, and this is my buddy telling me this and that goes, like, Hey, break it up. And he just like rode off. And then this guy just like disappeared. Like, I think he's just looking for trouble. And it kind of like, you know, it was, it was humbling. It was like, and I was very drunk. So it was like, I didn't put, you know, I didn't, I wasn't ready. Like right. I wasn't, hands weren't up. Didn't, didn't really see the threat well, all listen, the way through. Like nobody sees the fucking sucker punch. No, I know. And it was like, street. I didn't know. I'd never seen this guy in my life. Yeah. It was like, yo, what's this guy? What's your, I was, I think I said like, what's your deal, dude? Like yeah. what, what's your problem? Like, just are, go right. Like, what are you, like, go are you right, going to hit me? Right. And he just hit me. And it was like, oh shit. Okay. So something like that happens. Fuck. That that was twenty. That was a long time ago. What it did you like, learn from that situation? Because uh, you brought up, oh, I was drunk. Like I, I wasn't. So obviously, you've thought through this. I always think it's crazy when I see people in cities who are like clearly like drunk to where they're almost blacked out and they're like walking the streets. Yes, they're so vulnerable. Yes, for like not. I'm not even saying like to get punched in the face or anything, but like the worst possible things to happen. And then again, my current situation, I go back to like my dad and then I think of like, or me being a dad. And I think of like my experiences in college and seeing like girls, like just being so drunk, like stumbling around on the streets and like fucking anything in the world can happen. Yes. It's fucking horrible. And so I think that, you know, situations like that, we're like, damn, like you got to look out for yourself. Like, it's not like, I think the cop rolling up was probably the most jarring part. It's like, what the, you know? What the hell, dude? Yeah. This guy just like so much for protect and serve. Guy. Yeah, you know, and and it's like it, smell it, it was it was truly just like a random act of violence. And so you that kind of it, it does rattle you a little bit, and you're like, okay, listen, I need to watch myself when I'm, and I wasn't alone, right? But my yeah. buddy, same thing. Like it it was he like it was just bizarre, is what it was. And so you're like, okay, you know, you can't just like get borderline blackout and like. You got to make sure you Expect still have to your be able sensibilities, to get home fucking right? Or if you're gonna do that, you better be with a group of people that you trust. Yeah. And so I think I got a lot better at that, and and realizing when that happened in San Francisco, because in New York I'd always be like with my football buddies, we're big guys, nobody would really mess with us too bad, you know. Um, but the that was just like, man, I didn't even put my hands. Up. You know, I was like, what? You need to be better. It was like, you know, you need to thank that man. Yeah, <laughs> like, for you need sure. to thank that man because well, it seems like you learned an awful lot from the situation. I did, I did, and that has never happened since. I think that probably, you know, I'm really glad I did the boxing thing. Like, I feel like I, I, I do know how to throw throw a punch now. I do know, you know, things like that slow down a little bit. I don't look for trouble though. Like, I'm not a, a hostile person. But when you do, when you are late at night, like when I've been on some bachelor parties recently and you're out late and, you know, usually with a group, but it's like you start milling around outside a bar. Like that's when I'm, I'm always hyper aware of like, all right, let's move over here. Like I'm not looking, I, I just, I hate that scene of like, dude, I don't like everyone's trying to flex and like, that's where that, that kind of, sh you put yourself in the wrong situation there. Even yesterday we, we pulled up to this hotel to, to give you a sense of what I'm looking for. You know, Austin does have a serious homeless situation and you can tell even with these hotels like you have to use your key card in the elevator and that's always a sign to me of like you're in a city where like they're they're worried about people just coming up willy-nilly and there was a guy we got out of the truck and we had some stuff in the back and we 
went in to check in or to see if we could check in early. And this guy was just kind of milling around and I, you know, kind of looked like a valet, but maybe not. And then, uh, I saw him and, and maybe, I don't know if I'm profiling or whatever, but he just didn't look like it didn't look right. And then the guy, he's kind of looking around and then he went to the Escalade that was like the Uber that was parked there. And he like opened the front door and I was almost like, but then it turns out he was like with that guy that got in that car. And that, so I was like, okay, you know, false alarm or whatever. But I was, you were checking in and I was like, Hey man, I don't know if Cody locked the door. I don't, I also don't want to like make a thing about this, but like, <laughs> you know, our suitcases are in the back seat of the truck. So I think shit like that. I'm always, I'm, I'm not, always away. I, I try not to be like, um, people give me shit about this all the time because they're like, Oh, you're overly paranoid about things. Like that stuff doesn't like that happen. I, I don't think it's about being paranoid. I think it's about like, just being aware of your surroundings and like realize what the vulnerabilities are of, of where you're at in this world. And, and I think the key to it is it's so much easier to neutralize or prevent something from like that from happening if you see it early. Like instead of like say that guy was trying to just run through someone's car while no one's watching. Like the last thing I want to do is go out there and like pull him by the shirt out of the truck or like hey look you know like then someone's chasing him and then it becomes a big thing instead it would be like oh he's walking towards your truck like i'm just gonna go back outside and like you know just like be present here and like i think it'd be a lot easier to prevent it from even starting if you do that now then you get people that are like oh well are you profiling the guy are you doing this are you like i don't know i mean i think as long as you're not i think there i don't think there's a like uh I don't think it's wrong to profile someone like in your own head. I think that the issue is if you start profiling people like, Hey, watch out for that. You know, you start calling somebody out and like making it a public thing is I guess yeah. where I'm getting at. Yeah. But, well, I think the whole profiling thing like has gotten a little out of control for people who like actively seek that stuff out. Like they get a fucking kick out of profiling people and causing undue. Yeah. I'm not a vigilante. Like or I, whatever. And then obviously the law enforcement side of it of, of like, Law enforcement officers clearly profiling people to either just give them a hassle, they give them a hard time about whatnot, or or just make their fucking like life miserable for no fucking reason. Versus you, I think again, you're just being well. Like, no, other things like I do, I'm very good at. Like when you get on the subway, like obviously I don't stand near the tracks, but like you kind of you spot where you want to stand on the platform, and more importantly, when that train pulls in, I am looking in every car. And I'm, I'm like, okay, I don't like, you know, like you just, just don't even go in. You, you, you get, you solve the problem early where you're like, all right, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't like the way that car looks. I'm going to walk back too, you know? So you're already, you're like pre preemptively, like just be proactive about it is kind of what I think about. It. And that's because it's like when I've been reactive, when you let someone get up on you and you don't have all your faculties like sharp, you know, yeah, someone's going to sucker punch you. I'm happy that you brought up the, you know, you going through your boxing situation because it, it comes down to skills and tools. So skills, everybody can teach themselves. You can go, you know, give your hand a, a boxing. You can try fucking Taekwondo, Jiu-Jitsu, fucking wrestling, like whatever you want to do. Like those are all skills that you naturally pick up versus tools where I would say like firearms are a tool. But the tool situation, I say tools because I view firearms as tools, sure. knives are tools, um, other thing, you know, tasers, fucking pepper spray, whatever. And, and like people give me a hard time all the time because I think they think that I should be like this ultra conservative Republican. But I'm like, 
not that by any means. I'm like very, very liberal thinking and like, but I, I, I think based off my background, like there's just certain things that I understand that I'm professionally trained in, in hand-to-hand stuff. I'm very competent with handling weapons. And like, if you're going to put me in a situation and say, this is a, this is where I'm dropping you into, what do you think you need? I'm probably going to like pick the tools to go with the skills that I have to give me, you know, dominance on the situation. What drives me fucking insane is when those same people are like, oh, yeah, man, don't worry about that. Oh, so somebody walked up on your street. Oh, man, yeah, that's why like, I carry concealed and all that stuff. Well, yeah, cool. Like, number one, you're probably like fat and out of shape. You can't do that. Number two, like, when was the last time you actually trained on anything else like that? Because I say it, I carry a gun a lot, but I also go to the range like once a week. Sure. I am, I am, I'm still the one thing that I kept up on from my military service is actually like my firearms training and, and not just like going and like burning ammo or anything else like that. But like, like doing drills, doing draws, figuring out holsters. Like the, it, if you're responsible at these things and I don't care what the tool is, a knife, a gun, uh, a fucking throwing star, you name it. Like you still have to like train practice to maintain the proficiency in it. Just cause you have, it does not mean that you're fucking like, safe and nor have like really the right to it because i i can i guarantee you i can disarm like 99 percent of the people that are out there yeah well and i'm i feel like i'm honest enough with myself to know that like i don't have that training and i also like i i, I don't like the idea of like that was late at night after i've been drinking like the last thing i want to would ever want is well not you i'm saying i'm saying you if that guy walked up instead of fucking went to punch you literally came up and fucking pulled a gun on your face I know. Well, that's the what, thing. The, it, it, most tough guys will be like, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to try to fucking square up. No, you're going to be like, yeah, whatever you want, man. Yeah. Like, you're going to fucking defuse the situation and be like, yep, hands up. Fuck, I'm not your guy. Like, just tell me what you want. What is it here? Just fucking like you, your number one thing is like just escaping the fucking situation. For sure. All right. A lot of people but, look at it like, but the oh. way I guess the way that that's impacted me is I I just try not to be in the situation to begin with now. Hell yeah. Step right? one. So Don't that's fucking put yourself there. That's good. I love it. So I kind of knew. Well, I nuked your your situational. Well, question. the other thing that I was gonna say is we get this all the time. People ask the question of the NLU five, six, seven, eight, nine, whatever. Of it, you're on a deserted island, and I'm taking myself out of this. Okay. All right. Number one, if you're on a deserted island, and we're going to say, who who do you think is the first one uh, that's not like a team player with things? Like, hey, somebody, uh, we're trying to, n- nobody wants to be the leader yet of like figuring out, hey, this is exactly what we're going to do. But who's the first one that's just like, man, what the fuck, like, fuck this shit. I'm, I'm, I'm sneaking coconuts to the side, drinking them all. We're not rationing things. Who do you think that would, that would fall to? Man, I don't know. I mean, I would I would worry about like Randy's just, <laughs> you know, mental. I think a lot of a lot of it would go to mood, right? Yeah, Trying mood. to keep people fucking jolly and like sane and like making sure that like yeah, but the, I don't want I don't want the situation. Diss these guys. Not at all. That's not where we're going. The situation is not as grave as you think, and and a lot of it goes to like we need to prepare and, and make sure that everybody's still functioning. And I think a lot of people it doesn't matter who you are. There's certain things that their personality needs that that. I don't oh, honestly think we'd be pretty we'd be prepared pretty well for it because we all kind of know each other so well. 100%. That it'd be like, all right, like don't you know? We need to make sure we 
don't put people in a position not to succeed, I guess. Who do you think can start a fire with nothing? Um, no fire starter, no lighters. I think DJ probably be the best of that. He's probably the most engineering God, mindset. Exactly what I was going to say. Too. Um, he, he's probably the best at like figuring stuff out. Um, Who do you think would be the, the, the medic in the group? Hmm. That's a good question. I don't know about, I'm not great with that. Um, yeah, you know how to tape an ankle, put pressure yeah, on things. Yeah, I mean, maybe me then. I, I, you're, you're probably right, like, just with the being in training rooms for a long time. Um, Who would be your hunter? The hunter-gatherer of the group. Uh, probably TC. <laughs> because he'd be like, TC, go go, go, go do, do your thing, like, man. Hell yeah. Yeah, like, go. And he would go. not come back until he's like, yo, yeah. like, I, I No, I found I'm something good. sweet. Like, I found this cave. Yeah. You know, forget this shelter. We should go. Yep. We should go up there. I, th I think, you know, I, I think Solly, I think Solly could be a pretty good, like, medic, too. Yeah. Who do you think so the motivator, keeping everybody positive? Probably me. <laughs> the jokester? Yeah, and just, like, I, I feel like I'm pretty good at just organizing stuff. I'm like, all right, you want to do that? That's fine. But, like, we also need this, this, and this. So who wants to do that? Where do you think that comes from? Being part of teams? Yes. In a big way, like especially football teams, because there's like very specific jobs that need to be done, and like yeah, some of them suck, but like you know, you're probably the best man for that job. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with any of those. I think it's very well cast on what what things would happen. You know, it, shit hits the fan, but like when you can't find food, can't find water, I think everybody becomes a fucking mess anyway. So it for sure. Really matter. Yeah, well, I don't want to be in that situation. No, not at all. I was going to ask you the whole, when was the last time you changed your tire, but I know that's not going to happen. Well, that goes back to, like, if I was going to teach a high school course. <laughs> yeah. The whole goal of that would be teaching myself to do those things. Your civics. Uh, no, I have never, I've never changed a tire. How's that sound? Wait, never, ever? Never. Okay, we're running out of time here. That, that might be a... a well, let me put it this way. I've that never, might be a video I've, for another The time. only time I've ever had a flat tire was with, like, run flats. Wow. Because, and, well, there's also this. I only had a car in high school. I had a Tahoe. Never had a flat tire on that car, right? It was, like, a, it had 200,000 miles on it. It was, it was a beast. It was great. Went to college. Didn't have a car in New York City. Went to San Francisco. Never had a car. In college, my buddy Nico and I went up to Amherst for a weekend. It's actually Super Bowl weekend to visit a friend, and they party hard up there. We took his old Isuzu Rodeo, his dad's, like, this piece of junk car, and we're driving back on the Merritt Parkway, and the fan belt just blows out. Like, just, it sounded like a bomb went off in the under the hood. He's sleeping, I'm driving, and it's cold, like, Sunday morning. We're, like, you know, got some demons, a little hungover. And so I'm like, oh, shit, this Merritt Parkway is very tight up in north of the city and they're not like really a shoulder. So I kind of coast into this exit and I'm like, I don't really have another choice, but this exit doesn't have anything on it. And this is back early, early iPhone days. Uh, we didn't have car charger, his phone, my phone are like super low. Like I didn't have service, his battery, uh, his phone died and he got like, you know, kind of panic mode like what the fuck are we gonna do man like the car is straight up smoking it's busted not a lot of traffic and we had pulled like down which was a mistake probably we had pulled down the 
exit. And so it was probably going to be like, oh, crap, we're going to have to walk up and, like, flag like somebody, somebody down. And yeah. just, like, again, hungover. It's like, this sucks. Chance, literally, like, a miracle. A tow truck drives no by on the street way. going under the highway. Flag like, a legit, down. and I sprinted for this tow truck. And I'm, you know, because he's about to, like, turn onto the highway. Yeah. He's got a car on. And I'm like, yo, yo. So I flag this guy down. He's like, all right, all right, I'll come back for you. I'm like, yo, like when? He's like, I got to get this car wherever. Like, I'll be back. So sure enough, guy comes back like 30 minutes later. And first he's like, he's like, all right, what's wrong? I'm like, car's like dead, man. Yeah, it's it's busted. He's like, it's not know. broke. It's not broke. It's not, there's nothing wrong with the car. Opens the hood. He's like, oh, this thing's fucked. You know, like takes like 15 <laughs> seconds. He's like, yeah, I didn't know the fan, it was the fan belt. But he was like, yeah, your fan belt just like disintegrated. It's, it's, it's not good. Um, and I think it may have been bouncing around in there. Like <laughs> it wasn't good. Fucking so he straps man. us up with the, uh, I think he had two cars. He had one on and he was dragging one. So he had to drop one off and came back and he drags us and takes us to, I think it was the town of Rye, New York. I don't, maybe, I think it was Rye. Anyway, he takes us to the body shop. <laughs> Glad Nico calls, finally gets his phone charged, calls his dad. Guy's like, I don't know, man. You should probably just like, we'll take this to the junkyard for you. He goes, Dad's like, No, absolutely not. No, replace the belt. No, we're taking it. We're bringing it back to Boston. We're gonna donate it to the church. You know. <laughs> so I was like, Whatever. So then we uh, we had to walk like 15 minutes to the train station. We got home like so. We got so lucky was my whole point. But I'm trying to, and the reason I say that is like, that is the worst car breakdown experience that I've had. I've never by you know just lucky. I've never really. I mean, God, knock on wood, I've never really been in an accident. Like, yeah. I don't drive fast. I, I I feel like I'm pretty aware in the car, you know? Try not to put on the highway, driving from New York to Jacksonville on I-95. I make a, I'm very conscious of, like, don't put yourself in a position where someone's going to run up on you or always aware of if I'm pinned in on the right or the left. Yep. I'm a big believer in space solves a lot of problems in the car. You're so good. You're all over it. Uh, truly, because I, man, I think people, I can't stand it when people drive recklessly. Yeah. I can't stand it. I think or it's no, so where the fuck are you going, man? fucking stupid. It, it, that's probably one thing that grinds my gears, not in a road rage version, but like, what is the point, man? Like, why are we going fast on, on this road? You know, I, I just think it's like, or following too closely is a, that is a pet peeve of mine. If I'm in a car and someone's, you know. You just allow some space. We're all right. There's nowhere to go, you know. So, so yes. I, I, am I ashamed that I can't change a tire? I don't think so because I've never, I've never had to. But you got. You're also prepared to. But that you know what? If that case happens. You, you and maybe we should maybe we should test this. Whatever else. Straight up, I think if you had me in a car, because now most modern car, like I'm driving a BMW, it it has run flat tires. I had a, I had a flat tire in one like three years ago, and. It's like there's not really a spare in the, there's not a spare in the car because right. it's like yo you just going to drive until like you have like 100 miles and honestly like a tire changing your tires right, I think there there might be a spare but they say like don't you right. have plenty of time just don't go over like 60 miles an hour you'd figure it out yes so I think I could I think I could change a tire straight up with a YouTube video if I was <laughs> I was I could as long as my cell phone's not dead I can pull up the YouTube video well, I can figure also, this out also let me say this I think I've been I've seen it 
God, I might be flamed for this. But well, you're really I, good at troubleshooting shit. So I, I believe I'm pretty that. good at that. Like, and I think you know, you show me the tools. It's like yeah. cool. Okay, you got the, you know, the, the gear thing. I'll unspin the wheel, put it up on the lift. Like, I think I could figure out the, like, I kind of know the process from seeing right. it in movies and and seeing people on the side of the road doing it. It's like okay, you jack the car up, you take the tire off, and you probably just match. Like, if you look at tires, they have a fuck ton of information on them, like PSIs yeah. and what brand of tire it is. And yes, like we all carry computers around in our pocket. So, you know, I'm not like concerned about it, but I haven't done it. So I have full faith. In you. I Thank think you. You'd be able to knock it out. Neeler. I think we're good, man. Well, we'll wrap. Well, we have one good question. Ooh, I, I question. Wanna, listener question. Listener question. Hell yeah. And, and it's not from the trap draw line because that's a bunch of mea culpa stuff. But True. If you do want to call in and leave us, ask a question or, uh, or flame me for my flat tire takes. Uh, the trap draw listener line is eight three 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 zero eight seven two five. Yeah, and the booth is willing to answer whatever listening line questions there are. We are monitoring like, that yeah, line as well for sure. Um, this one is from Baked Ham thirty five on Twitter. He's like, I'd love a Pat the Toolman segment. Favorite tools you've used recently around the home items you can't live without. I'm in the market for a generator, and Cody and Pat are the two guys I trust to get the job done right. Hell yeah. Shout out to Cantlay, of course. Uh, also put in the email newsletter, had everybody pick what they thought Cantlay's favorite tool was. I thought that was a fun What was read. your favorite that people put in there? Um, I think you and Ben had some good ones on this, <laughs> on like the wood, the yeah, finishing planer. and the planer yeah. and the sanding. And like, it's all about like the detail. Yeah. But like, precision doesn't handle bumps well. No, precision right. finish. It lets, not a lot of depth there. Like, it gets a little choppy, but hey, it um, looks nice. I will say, I haven't done a ton of home improvement stuff lately but two things that have been really valuable a good good step ladder yeah it's simple and i probably overpaid for it but i bought a nice one at home depot and it's like man i use that thing a lot was it fold up into like this little tiny thing yes that pops out can, to like a 12 foot ladder no it's it's only like probably gets me up to like 12 feet like with my hand you know yeah. but i can get right. up and it's very sturdy and it has a place to put tools on it and it's easy to store you big like, heights guy um i don't love heights Okay. But I'm not like it's. I wouldn't say it's a fear, right? But a ladder is not fucking with you. No, but I don't need a ladder in an apartment, True. right? So it's step ladder. It's very functional for around the house. The other thing, uh, kind of a simple one, but um, good drywall anchors oh, are like dude so clutch, and and they're worth. It's worth buying the like having those around is and and knowing how to get those in properly is really really valuable in an apartment. You're not the guy out there with like that super small drill bit just randomly plunging drill holes no, into the drywall I, for I've, searching I've, for that stud. I, which is another good one. I find stud finders kind of hard to use. Yeah. So I've actually watched some videos on how to find it like apparently 16 inches, you know, yeah. you can you, you know can, if you look at a tape measure or yeah. a level So I try to do it that it's way. It's worked out on there for you. Um but I I do find drywall anchors um, if you if you use them properly, they can be effective as well. Because I have some real serious drywall. Like, it's not, like, flimsy. Like, the stuff in my apartment is, like, very, very sturdy sheetrock. So, yeah, that, that would be my answer. Yeah, I would say, honestly, like, my drill, my cordless drill I use every, uh, for good everything. drill is a good one. And, like, I have, like, you know, whatever, 200 fucking bit collection of of drill bits and screws and like stars you you name it like it's basically everything i i i could do whatever i need with that thing i got a great dewalt drill yeah drill well, driver not really yeah. a drill drill driver but of course it's a good product i've had it for five years and 
Now, I will say the biggest, not biggest, but still a disappointment for me for my wedding is I, I was really that fucking registry. I was man. dead serious about like nothing on the registry is anything that I wanted. Of course, I, I love our pots and pans. Yeah, love our coffee maker. All that's great. Now, coffee maker's okay, but Carson loves it, and she makes the coffee usually in the morning, so that's great. I really wanted to have like a tool fund. <laughs> You know, like why you, know, you kind of have a honeymoon fund or a yeah. puppy fund. We didn't have that. But I was like, hey, I'd love to have just like a tool fund. I don't need the tool because I don't need the tools right now. So I don't want to ask anybody to buy me a saw. Correct. Or buy me. But I it is a goal of mine to have a place where I do have a workshop and I have some good tools, which is straight hand me down from my dad. Like he is a massive workshop guy. And we need and, to ask Patty Ice if he get us one, get you one of those like 10 and one DeWalt cases. I mean, I just think having a good set of tools was something that I, I would have saved that little fund. It would have been like, oh, God, I can't wait to use this at the right time. And listen, I'll buy my own tools. It's totally fine. But I thought that would have been a nice compromise with my wife of like, hey, we're getting the bed sheets. We're getting the towels. We're getting like the china, like the, the silverware, all that stuff. Like, the tools, a household thing as well. You yes. need it. You got to have repair. And if you so, don't have like a, a basic tool, like tool kit to get basic things done. You got to go out and get it, man. The other thing I bought that I like is I have a good level. Yeah, level goes along. Uh, you know, with like a bunch of different ways you yep. can use it and diagonal, and I've I've leveraged that for my floating shelves. Yeah. So I got a, a, a laser level too. I fucking love that thing. Yeah. Man. I I honestly I just make up things to to use it. On. Hell yeah! I'll randomly mosey you got around. A, you the got house. a project going on? Well, I don't know if you saw the pictures, but we re, we I completely sanded down our center island. Uh, the cabinets on it, sanded all that down, repainted them, put new finishing on them. So we had like normal stainless silver knobs and poles and stuff. Uh, put some nice gold brass. Who knows what it is? But went with like a, a blue that's almost the color of your, your sweater there for the paint. And then that, that kind of shiny gold. It's a nice little pop there. So just got done with that last week. And then finally our new sink faucet came in. So installed that in. Uh, redid all the poles and handles on the rest of the cabinets in there as well. Uh, a little bit of an issue there is because you already changed the location. It wasn't just like a one for one swap. So I had to plug a lot of old drill holes, yeah. not just putty there, but I yeah. actually drilled, got my quarter inch, uh, bit out, drilled them all, got dowels out, cut, sanded, filled, you named it. It, it, it looks really good. I'm happy how it turned out. It's a great way to spend an afternoon on a I household. Know. But once you get into it, time flies. Well, that's the thing is then you realize like, wow, I thought this was only going to take me like an hour and a half. Wow. And it's like six hours later. You're like, shit, what happened? Yeah. I love this Pat the Toolman segment. Uh, a quick funny anecdote is that obviously we've been uh, discussing this a lot and during Players Week. during, during Patty the, Vice. Yeah, during the live shows, I was doing some like social stuff and put it up in my story. And, and one of the or a couple of the stories like I, I tagged DeWalt. Now, DeWalt reached out in my DMs and they're like, hey, give us this content sharing agreement uh, because we basically want to like take your content and like we're going to we're going to use it for it. And I said, no, like if you want to. Yeah, I said, no, I said, but if you want to reshare the story like any other normal Instagram user would do, like, go ahead. Like, I have no issues with that, but I'm not giving you ownership of like whatever pictures that I'm taking. Sure. You know? I thought about it for a little bit and then I was talking to Solly about it. And Solly's like, yeah, you should have like bartered with him and been like, yo, sell it, send us some like, send us some fucking equipment. Like maybe we can talk, man. Uh, Come we'll on, see. DeWalt. I know. 
I, I'm, I'm actually giving you free ads right now. This is bullshit. You know what? I am a Milwaukee guy, though. I'm a big fan <laughs> well, of Milwaukee tools. If I had the money to pay for Milwaukee, I would. But well, that's that's the aspirational stuff. Yeah, you know, true. my dad, the franchise. He's a Milwaukee guy. <laughs> of course, he, is. he pays for quality. <laughs> of course. Uh, all right, let's go play some golf. That's it. We'll see. We'll see you next month. Love it. Yeah, a lot going on next month too. I'm excited. A lot Thanks going again. On. Appreciate all the listeners. Send us your questions, whatever you got. Yeah, we'll try to get some more lead time on the questions next time for sure.